IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. Presented by High V. We are proud and honored to bring High V to the show as the presenting sponsor of Pit Pass Indy. We will continue to cover the entire NTT IndyCar Series community, and our new partners at High V will help us tell those stories. And High V is proud to be a partner of this weekend's Big Machine Music City Grand Prix on the streets of Nashville. The street race features wild action on the track and a tremendous lineup of entertainment showcasing some of the top talent of this entertainment city that has made it one of the top destination cities in the United States. It's also a hometown race for two of the top drivers in the NTT IndyCar Series. Team Penske's Joseph Newgarden is from Hendersonville, Tennessee, just 18 miles from the heart of Nashville. The two-time IndyCar Series champion and winner of the 107th Indianapolis 500 on May 28th was honored by the state of Tennessee on Monday, July 31st as Joseph Newgarden Day around the Volunteer State. It's in recognition of the Team Penske driver becoming the first Tennessean to win the Indianapolis 500. The proclamation was read from the bridge building on the banks of the Cumberland River in downtown Nashville, just off the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix circuit by Commissioner of Economics and Community Development, Stuart C. McWhorter, and Mark Ezell, Tennessee Tourist Development Commissioner. The event served as the unofficial start to race week festivities in downtown Nashville that will culminate with the IndyCar Series taking you to the streets of Nashville on Sunday, August 6th. Newgarden called it one of the highest honors of his career. Another driver who calls Nashville home is Colton Hurd of Andretti Autosport. The Santa Clarita, California native moved to Nashville in 2022 and hopes to drive to a win in his new hometown this weekend. Here is my exclusive interview with Herta for this edition of Pit Pass Indy presented by High V. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by High V, is Andretti Autosport driver Colton Herta. Colton, Alex Pillow has a pretty big lead in the points championship, and Will Power said the other day that a lot of the drivers now are really just focusing on winning races. Is that pretty much how you look at the rest of your season? Yeah, I mean we haven't we haven't won one yet, so that's that's the main goal right now. Uh, ninth in points, so not where we want to be at all. And a win 
can boost us, you know, all the way up to right around top five. Um, it's really close. So, so hopefully that, that means our package has improved on from, from last year and uh, we could be a bit more competitive. We've seen drivers in the past who've been able to get on a roll, but not lately like what we've seen with Alex Polo. What do you think has really been the secret to his success? Even when he has a problem, it doesn't affect him like at Toronto. Uh, I mean, I think everything's working for him right now. The cars are obviously in a really good spot and, um, and you know, his Honda engine's working well, um, but then he's still doing the job, right? So it's um, it's been a, a good combo for him this year. Now, as far as your effort at Andretti Autosport, what are some of the things you believe you've improved on this year and some of the things you still feel that uh, the team may be lacking? Well, I mean, we have a lot, you know, still to come. You know, we only have one win as a team uh, this year. And, you know, if you look at some of the other guys and, and their four or five wins as a team. So we need to we need to improve on on just the overall race package of, of executing. Um, you know, a lot of the places our cars have been good. This is a question mark for us. We haven't had great pace here in the in the past. Um, but like I said before, we, we had a really good uh, test. And hopefully that means that that we can kind of bounce off of that and, and get some good points here. As far as behind the wheel, how do you assess your ability as a driver? How much better it has become over the years? I mean, I'm I'm in a really happy spot driving-wise. Um, you know, coming off the podium, two poles the weekend before. Um, you know, everything's kind of coming together. We only have one DNF, which you know was a uh, was an incident earlier in the year. But other than that, it's been a very clean year for us. Um, so we just need to improve on it. And instead of cracking into these top fives every once in a while, we need to start finishing the top five every every weekend and uh, build off of that. Qualifying is a big part. Hopefully we can qualify up front. Just makes the races so much easier with how competitive the series is right now. After the grueling doubleheader at Iowa, you get a weekend off. Then IndyCar gets to go to your hometown where you live now, Nashville. How excited are you for the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix and the fact that that town and uh, community has embraced it as well as they have? It's an awesome race. Um, and you get you get a lot of excitement over it. I think mostly because it's it's a party for everybody for that weekend, right? It's it's a great town to have a street race in. There's a, a lot of action on and off the track, and people can enjoy it even if they don't really enjoy racing that much. What was it that encouraged you to move to Nashville? You're from Santa Clarita, California. You spent some time living in Florida. What was it about Nashville is why you decided that's where I want to live? I think the travel is is the most difficult thing for for us um throughout the year and it's it's you know obviously it's it's 17 weekends of racing but that's hardly what we do most of the time you know it's media events pr events um sim days days in the shop so it's a lot more travel than than outside of of what people see just the races so um the that was mainly the reason it's a three and a half four hour drive to indianapolis easy to get up there um and the town's an awesome town it's a good place to be it's younger um i enjoy living there there's a lot to do um great outdoors as well coming from los angeles we have such good hiking and, and beaches and you kind of get the same and for somebody such as yourself who is connected with music how much do you enjoy the music city aspect of that town it's cool. Everyone's such an amazing musician there. It doesn't matter if you go into a bar at Tuesday at 11 o'clock a.m., you're getting the same quality that you'd see there Friday nights at, at 10, 10 p.m. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Every, every musician there um, is, is pretty incredible and should probably get paid a lot more than they do for, for what they're doing. And when you look at just how the competition level in IndyCar has increased season after season, 
does it almost amaze you that I mean, there's some really talented drivers who aren't in the series. Yeah, I mean, it, it like even from my rookie year, you look at it like like I'm always looking at it when I'm under yellow and I'm in ninth place or whatever. You know, my rookie year, I feel like it was like okay, I can get this guy on the restart or I can I can wiggle by this guy a little bit easier than than most. And now you're looking at it, who you have in front of you. It's it's all really really class drivers, and I think. Part of it's also the teams have, have stepped up their game, too. There's a lot of good teams, um, you know, McLaren being being the newest to kind of jump up from what they were before and have competitive cars every weekend. So it's um, a lot of good drivers, but I think the team aspect as well is big. With the races on the schedule that are coming up, we have Nashville, then a return to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. Then there'll be Gateway. Then there'll be Portland. Then there'll be Monterey. You've won at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. You've done well at those other tracks, and, you, of course, you've won at Monterey. So how do you see the, that portion of the season sizing up for you? I mean, we've been, we've been good at closing out the seasons. You know, we've had good races at Portland. Um, you know, obviously, IndyGP, we were on the verge of winning that race last year until we had a gearbox failure. Um, and so we've had a lot of success at these places coming up. And uh, we've had fast cars at a lot of them. So it's, it is very exciting to kind of get back to those and close out, hopefully, season on a high. I'm going to throw one at you from left field. Uh, after the Mid-Ohio race, NASCAR had their first race in the streets of Chicago and a driver named Shane Van Gisbergen, a big-time winner in supercars, won the race. First time since Johnny Rutherford in 60 years that a driver won his first ever NASCAR Cup Series race. He's going to be running at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course. You as a fellow race driver in a different series, how excited are you to see a driver like that caliber get a chance to run at Indy in a NASCAR Cup Series car? It's cool. Yeah, he did a terrific job at at Chicago. Um, But there's a lot of interesting guys. You know, I think they got another supercar driver, Kaseki coming over. Um, I believe that's his last name. But um, then you got Kamui Kobayashi racing that one. You have Jensen Button. It was very impressive. I got to watch. Um, I'd landed just in time to watch the end of the Chicago race. I don't remember where we were racing. Maybe Mid-Ohio. or Yeah, that's uh, Mid-Ohio. Then. Yeah, so I landed just in time to catch the end of that race. And uh, it's impressive, man. He drove through that field quite a few times. Um, and I'm sure it's it's uh, it has to be somewhat similar to a supercar. I'm sure it's there's still some big differences, but, um, you know, it's it's impressive that, that he could just hop in that thing with a team that I believe has never won before. Uh, it was Project 91, which is part of Trackhouse. Right. Trackhouse oh, okay. has won uh, numerous races, but the Project 91 ride is basically designed for drivers from other international right. series to get a chance to experience NASCAR. So you have a, a basically a crew that's almost part-time a little bit. But Darian Grubb is the crew chief and the engineer, and he's the lead engineer for Trackhouse. Right. He was also Tony Stewart's crew chief yeah, yeah. when Tony won his uh, Cup Series but championships. Untim- like more pit stops and, yes. and that stuff. Um, you know, you don't have a full-time team and a full-time driver. It makes yeah. it so much harder. So yeah. it makes it that much more impressive when a guy comes over and, and does what he does. But did you, as a racer, look back and look at that course? And they went through a lot of issues just to get that race underway. But then once it happened, it looked pretty spectacular yeah. with that backdrop. It was, yeah, it was awesome. The track looked, um, you know, it looked fantastic for a NASCAR. I think you would have to make some adjustments for the Indy cars. Um, you know, I, I don't think it would be the best for overtaking. But for the Cup cars, it looked awesome. And the bumps were, were big. And when you have big 
big cars like that, big heavy cars, like jump them. So it made it very interesting to watch them, how they take the lines and, and whatnot. It was, uh, it was a cool, cool event. Getting back to IndyCar, I know there's been some speculation and some discussion of maybe making Nashville the season finale and then having the championship banquet in Nashville. How exciting would that be for you? That would be uh, that would be super cool to close out the uh, the championship in Nashville. It's such a big event for IndyCar. It's kind of grown into its own um, the last few years. So it it is an awesome event it, in a town like that. You would get a lot of hype around the uh, the championship finale, um, which I think it has been lacking the last few years. So you put it in a big market like that in a at a cool event like that. It could be could be really awesome. And you're talking about a race that nobody knows where anybody's going to finish. So you imagine you come into the championship, maybe not this year, but next year where you have close points battles, anything could happen. A year ago at this time, you were dogged with questions about going to Formula One. You aren't asked that so much this year. How big a relief is that for you to be able to focus on IndyCar and not have to constantly be asked if you're going to be in Formula One? I I didn't mind it. Um, It didn't really affect me too much, but, you know, it, it, it is... It does look like I, I probably made the, the right choice. Um, you know, it, it, the car doesn't look as competitive as, as it was before and whatnot. Um, and as a racer, that's what you want. You want to be able to race at the front. You want to be able to race for wins. Um, and it just doesn't look like that car is capable of it. So, um, no, it's, uh, it is something that I wanted to do, but it wasn't the right opportunity and it wasn't the right place and time. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be an IndyCar and... Race for wins every weekend is pretty damn good. But the FIA is coming close to making a decision on expansion, and I know that your team owner, Michael Andretti, has got a lot on the table to put a team together there. So how much do you know about that effort and and the fact that they're getting close to a decision? I mean, I know they're they're pushing. They're still pushing. And, um, you know, I, I, I really don't know much. I don't ask much about it, but I, I see the articles and, and stuff that seem pretty legit about about they're more open to the idea and they're getting closer with um, with the FIA. So we'll have to see what what plays out. You can never be too sure sure with what's going to happen over there, but um, it would be awesome to have the Andretti name on the Formula One grid. But as the season comes to a close here, Colton Hurdy, you have to feel like you don't have just one victory on the table. You've got a couple that you can win here before the end of the season. For sure. It's, it's a good uh, end of the season for us. It's a good few rounds that we've had a lot of su- success at. Hopefully we can, uh, we can get the most out of it. Colton Hurd, a driver of the number 26 Gainbridge Honda at Andretti Autosport. Good luck the rest of the season, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Hy-V. Thank you. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. 
Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-V. As we mentioned earlier, Newgarden is the pride of Tennessee after winning this year's Indianapolis 500. He is also coming off a doubleheader sweep in the Hy-V IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway, July 22nd to 23rd. The team Penske driver claimed his fifth and sixth career Iowa Speedway wins, his fifth straight victory on an oval, and the 29th IndyCar Series win of his career, tying him with the legendary Rick Mears for 13th on the all-time victory list. Next up is the wild action on the streets of Nashville as Newgarden hopes to cut even deeper into Alex Pelot's 80-point lead in the NTT IndyCar Series Championship standings. Newgarden joins me for this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-V as we head to the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix in Nashville. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-V is Team Penske IndyCar driver Joseph Newgarden also happens to be the winner in the 107th Indianapolis 500. Joseph, I'm sure that's still a title that you'll never get tired of hearing. You know, it's funny. I I don't want to say I forget about it, but I try and push it out of my memory. It's it's obviously great to hear. You know, we're, we're so proud of being able to win the race this year, and it's a huge achievement for all of us. I'm excited for this this off season to celebrate with everybody. Um, but for the, you know, the meantime, I'm, I'm focused in on, it's always about the next race. And that's how it's been since the 500 is, you know, what are we doing in the next race? How are we attacking for the championship? And I think that's the mindset we need. Um, you know, we've got to be focused forward and what we're, we're doing next. You know, same in the same vein, we're, we're worked on, working on next year for the Indy 500 as well. We got to come back and be stronger than we were this year. So uh, a lot of good, but, you know, I feel like there's so much work to be done still. After the Hy-Vee IndyCar race weekend at Iowa, the next race is coming to your hometown, the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. You as a resident of the Nashville area, how exciting is that when you get a chance to have IndyCar in your hometown? Yeah, it's fantastic. I think it's a great atmosphere for everybody. Obviously, it's a good town for events. You know, Nashville is incredibly supportive of uh, of big events, and, and IndyCar coming into town is, is no doubt a big event. So I've enjoyed it. I think, you know, we've had great feedback from everybody as far as the reception of it, it being in the city and, and so close to, to Broadway. And, uh, you know, the, the track itself has, has been improving and I think the racing has just been getting better year after year. So I'm, I'm hoping for big things again. And, you know, to, to be successful in Nashville would be, um, you know, pretty cool being the hometown. 
There has been some discussion of changing the schedule to make Nashville the championship finale and then having the IndyCar award ceremony for the championship in Nashville. How exciting do you think that would be? Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what's coming, but that that type of proposition would be great. You know, I think if we could we could run Nashville maybe a little bit later and, and make it the finale, it'd be a, a really cool setting. There's no doubt. That's a great town to, you know, finish the championship and to, to celebrate with everybody. So I could see that working quite well. Um, I guess we'll have to see if that happens or not. As far as Joseph Newgarden's season, you win the Indianapolis 500, so everything else from there on is, is pretty much bonus time. But do you still feel that in a lot of ways you haven't been able to have a totally complete weekend? Lately, it seems like a lot of your fortune is determined by qualifications or an issue maybe in the fast six or strategy or whatever. How much do you feel that you have not had a really complete start to finish weekend? It's been, in a lot of ways, a a very tough year, you know, um, which is... I think odd for people to hear when you say that, but it's so true. You know, the Indy 500 kind of stands alone as an event. And, you know, you've got the 500, you've got the, the championship is a whole different deal from that. And when I look at just the championship, it's been a really tough season. A lot of incomplete weekends where the potential was, you know, so great. And, you know, the, the expectation um, was really high and, and we just didn't, we didn't reach our potential. We haven't reached our potential at most events this year, I would say. So that's disappointing, but it's, you know, it's a constant process. I think for us, you know, because the potential is so good, that gives me a lot of confidence and, and commitment. And, and I think we will, we will definitely, um, you know, figure out how to, how to bring our consistency back, bring some of our complete performance back. You know, I think we need to, we need to be a little bit more complete across the calendar. When you look at the different track types, we've, we're definitely not where we want to be performance-wise across the the entire calendar, but these are all things that we're working incredibly hard on, and and I think um, you know something that we can make much better in the future. But even your victory in the Indianapolis 500, you had to scratch and claw and fight your way from mid-pack where you started the race. Yeah, it was not easy, you know, and and I think we, we've got to do a better job of of making these races more. I don't want to say automatic, but but just. We, we need to be giving ourselves a better chance at the start. There's no doubt. You know, I think there's areas we know we can still improve and, and we're working on that. You know, that's why I don't want to get too lost in the joy of winning the 500 this year. It was a big achievement, you know, super proud of what we were able to, to pull off, but we've still got to be better, you know, and, and I think next year we're, we're incredibly focused on how we're going to take the next step. So the next race will be at Nashville. Then after that will be the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course for the race weekend with IndyCar and NASCAR. Then it's Gateway, and we've seen how well you do at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And then Portland, then Monterey. So Joseph Newgarden has to look at those races and say, I've got a lot of good chances to win these. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we can be good everywhere. You, ha- you sort of have to be. There's just no hiding weakness in this championship. You know, if you're not strong at every track type and every track you go to, it's, it's really difficult, I think, to compete for the championship. So, you know, we've got some places coming up that we've, we've had past success, but that doesn't mean future success. And, and I hope we can just improve our, our roundedness, if you will. We've just got to be really good across the board. That's what it takes. You've got to, you've got to show up at any track type and just have a competitive package. And, and so we're, we're constantly working on that. And that's, that's an area that we, um, we definitely got to pull forward. There's going to be a driver in the NASCAR race at Indianapolis who made a pretty big name for himself on the streets of Chicago on July the 2nd, Shane Van Gisbergen. He's real good friends with one of your teammates, Scott McLaughlin. The fact that 
he's a big time supercar series race winner. He's won 80 supercar series races, three championships. And the fact that Scott has been able to adapt as well as he has into IndyCar. Do you think that a supercar driver is able to make the adjustment to a NASCAR Cup Series car like Shane was able to do on the streets of Chicago? Because that was really a brilliant drive by him. Yeah, I mean, first off, big fan of SVG. Um, I was cheering him on just like, you know, most of us in the IndyCar paddock. I was texting Scott pretty much the whole race. It was really exciting. You know, I think in a lot of ways, it was a perfect storm for Shane. You know, he came in at the right place. Um, and, and, you know, if anything, he, ha he was going to have a much easier time transitioning to a car like that. I mean, the car that he's driving in, in the NASCAR world is so much more similar to what he's used to. You know, I still look at what Scott's done and I'm just in awe of how he's been able to transition. I mean, that, what, what Scott has had to do transition-wise is, is, in my opinion, so much more difficult than what Shane had to do. Not to detract from what Shane did, but when I assess it, I say, man, I, I wonder what McLaughlin could do in a stock car. You know, I, I just can imagine if you put Scott in that type of situation, I think he would be amazing. So uh, it was very cool to see Shane do that. Yeah, I can't wait to hopefully watch him more in the NASCAR world, but it just makes me wonder, you know, <laughs> what Scotty would look like over there. It's probably too late in this year to be able to do this, but what would you think of Team Penske fielding an additional entry for the road course race at Indianapolis with Scott McLaughlin driving it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he'd be the guy to put in as much as I'd want to do it. You know, I would be begging to be the, the person to put in the car, but I, I just, I know how good Scott would be in it. He would be, I mean, that's what he's done his whole life, really, is that type of racing, um, that type of car setup. So I, I think he would do uh, some amazing work in that type of situation. I don't know if that will ever happen, but I just, it's fun to daydream about it. I think it's cooler he's an IndyCar guy, personally. You know, he took on a bigger challenge, and and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously biased and love IndyCar racing, uh, so I just love that he's a part of our sport. But, yeah, selfishly, it'd be fun to see him in a stock car race. Speaking of some amazing work, does it amaze you just how fast the season seems to be flying by? It seems like that every year. It just goes by quicker. So, yeah, it's, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're just looking back on it and saying, all right, what happened and where were we good, where were we bad? But, you know, I think you got to stay in the moment and try and maximize every day. That's, that's what's critical. They're all going to count. So let's see what we got here for the end. And as far as for the end, when, like I said, when you look at some of the races lining up for you, especially Gateway, you really got to feel like I've got a great opportunity out there to win some races and finish as high as possible in the NTT IndyCar Series Championship. I mean, you know, look, we're, we're working to be the best we can. I, I just, I don't ever put my hat on anything. You know, you just, past success never means future success. So I'm just really focused on you know, how, how are we going to be competitive at each track that we go to? You got to be good everywhere. You can't have a weakness. And, you know, it doesn't matter if we've been good in the past. We've, we've got to make sure that we're, we're good in the future. So it's just, it's one weekend at a time for me. He's this year's Indianapolis 500 winning driver, Joseph Newgarden from Team Penske. Congratulations once again on that huge victory. A career-defining victory in many ways. Good luck the rest of the season. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy presented by hy V. Awesome. Thanks. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. 
We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Hy-V. Victor Peterson isn't an IndyCar driver, but he's best friends with one. Peterson is the mustache man, Christian Lungard's best friend from Denmark. Peterson and Lungard both struck a deal to grow mustaches until Lungard won his first career IndyCar Series race. They finally got to break out the razors in victory lane at Toronto after the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan driver raced the number 45 High V Honda to victory in the July 16th Honda Indy Toronto. Peterson tells me how the friendship with Lungard began and the close bond the two share on this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy presented by High V. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by High V, is Christian Lungard's best friend from Denmark, Victor Peterson. Victor may be known as the guy who encouraged Christian to grow the mustache until he scored his first career IndyCar Series victory. You both got the shave, so how exciting was that to be able to finally get that accomplished? That was amazing. That was a, I almost say it was a dream came true. Um, we've been waiting a long time for it, uh, and I actually didn't know if it uh, was going to be this year but um, then he had a great weekend and we got it uh, done and it was just amazing so you're both from denmark in all fairness to the name of your town i'll have you pronounce it so that i don't mispronounce it the the, the name town. of your hometown yeah. in denmark Weile. okay and how long have you known christian and how did you guys get to be such great buds um actually uh, a bit fun of a story, fun, funny story. Um, so me and Christian always, always knew who each other was, but we never kn like known each other. Uh, and then back in uh, 2018, uh, Christian's ex ex girlfriend um, got a, a job where I had a job. She actually became my boss. Uh, then Christian was uh, spending a lot of time down at the juice bar, and then uh, we just like kind of talked to each other and started and. Uh, out of the blue, um, Christian and his uh, ex-girlfriend ex um, moved into the apartment just above the store. And then, yeah, we were together like every day and then it just happened, the magic happened. So obviously you've really followed his career closely and what was it about Christian Lungard that has made him so good at such a young age? Christian has always been determined about um, the race car um, dream. I know that um, Actually, before you were allowed, in, back in Denmark, um, back in the days, you, you needed to be a certain age uh, to begin drive. Uh, and um, actually, because his dad also was a big name in the sport, he got the opportunity to go out and start karting a bit earlier. And he just fell in love. And uh, he already always knew that that was his passion. And he's just, um, he, I think he also got the talent. It is in the blood. His mom raised a bit. He, his dad race, so yeah, he, he was determined from the beginning. As far as yourself, do you have any racing in your blood? 
No, uh, unfortunately not. But my dad runs a bus company in Denmark, so I'm actually also, also a bus driver. So that's a bit of uh, driving in the blood. So what do you do for yourself? Uh, actually, I'm a flight attendant right now, uh, back in Denmark in a small company. Um, but uh, that's just uh, for now. So in January, I'm going to start the pilot education in Denmark. Um, so that's my big dream to become a pilot so I can go faster than Christian. What does an outsider think when he comes to an IndyCar race, when you see the speed, the thrill, the excitement, even the danger? That's, uh, that's insane to watch. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Um, that's also why I'm a bit nervous when I see Christian drive so fast and in the tiny corners uh, because he is my best friend. Um, so that's also why I got a lot of um, emotional, uh, got the got emotional on the on the big day when he uh, made it through uh, on uh, the first. Did you have a feeling that day that he was going to win because he was starting on the pole? Once the race began, he was able to control basically the pace of the race. Yeah, I had a feeling. Like, even when we woke up, I could feel it uh, from that moment. I could feel uh, the happiness and he was just ready. He was, uh, the, his head was in the game from the start of the day. I could really feel it because you can feel when Christian is like, I need to stay focused or he's just, he's not thinking about it, but you can feel his head in the, was in the game. And I could just feel like that was the day. That was needed to be the day. And yeah, he, you could see it from the start of the race. He just, he was determined to win that race. Did you expect to get that emotional when he won? No, not at all. Um, I didn't. I didn't have. A, I didn't expect to cry. I was like that. I would never cry because I would just be like so happy for him. But I could feel when there was three laps to go. Uh, I could just feel the tears pressure uh, out of my eyes, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. And then. I saw the checkered flag and I was like, shit, it happened. And uh, it just, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. That was such a big uh, moment for, for Christian and, and for me to experience that. And at what point did you come up with the mustache idea and why? Yeah, so everyone thinks that it was my idea. Actually, it wasn't. It was Christian's idea. Christian went home to Denmark in, uh, back, uh, to Denmark in November. I started to grow up a little mustache. And then he came home and he was like, Victor, you're gonna get rid of that. You look so stupid with it. And I was like, okay, if you say so, then I get rid of it because <laughs> I didn't want to hear him talk <laughs> to me like that in two weeks because I had a mustache. Then I came to Christian visiting him first time in um, Indianapolis in December. And then um, one night at a, at a bar, Christian was like, uh, I think we should grow uh, a mustache. And I was like, uh, you just told me a month ago, get rid of mine because you thought I was looking like an idiot with it. <laughs> and um, yeah, he was like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, but let's do it together. Uh, let's um, just grow it until I win a race. And I was like, wow, okay. Sounds a great bet. Um, why not? We shook hands. Then uh, right after that, Christian was like, and by the way, um, the season starts in March. And I was like, in March, so we need to grow it now. It's the 10th of December and the season will start in March. So I don't have the chance to get it off until March. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but we shook hands. So that's how it's going to be now. Like, okay, but yeah, we, we did it. We were determined. So that was a fun thing and we got it together. Who had the better mustache? Oh, that's a great question. I would, I would like to say my own, but uh, 
I think it, it is Christian that had the better mustache. Mine was uh, so blonde on the outside of it, so it looked too small. Uh, so Christian had the better mustache. Christian is sponsored by Hy-Vee, and we're doing this interview in the Hy-Vee corporate headquarters in West Des Moines, Iowa. When you see how involved Christian's sponsor is, not only in backing him as a driver, but the entire IndyCar series, what do you think of that involvement? It's insane. I've never seen anything like it. I'm really, um, I'm really thrilled to see it, and I'm uh, glad to uh, experience how big it is over here and how big Hy-Vee is. Uh, I never heard of uh, Hy-Vee before. Uh, Christian told me about Hy-Vee was the sponsor of his car and team and also in IndyCar. I thought it was a, a small company and then I was blown away when we came to Iowa. We saw the trucks and he has talked about it. Just what I have experienced today and uh, yesterday um, out karting with uh, Hy-Vee and IndyCar. That's amazing. Um, I'm um, so glad that he gave me the chance to come with him to experience how involved Hy-Vee is and how big it also is. And you can feel like Hy-Vee, they, they love race. So it's amazing. I've never experienced anything like it. Since you're a flight attendant, you're used to travel, but what is it like for someone from Denmark to live in the Indianapolis area for as long as you have? It's so it's so small in Denmark uh, compared to over here. That's uh, just, uh, you can feel it. And you can see how uh, glad Christian is. Uh, Christian rather stay here than go back to Denmark. And I, I can understand him. That's. Uh, it's amazing over here. I love the people, love the society. It's just uh, amazing. And like again, like Hive, you can see those big companies they get involved with, with things like this. It's amazing to experience. So, a term that you hear often in Indianapolis is Hoosier. Did you ever kind of scratch your head and say, "What's a Hoosier?" Yeah, I did, and I still don't know what a Hoosier is. Hoosier is basically someone from Indiana. That's that's in Hoosier. Yes, but the old story goes, in the early days, the settlers, when they were building the log cabins, a new settlement would happen and someone would knock on the door and the response would be, who's there? Wow. Or who's there? Yeah. That's one of, the, uh, one of the folklore stories. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it was the one I was told when I grew up in Indiana. Yeah. But the fact that you hear that term so much that you kind of scratch your head and go, what's with all this, the term Hoosier? Yeah, I did. And, I, and now I know what it is, so when I heard it, I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, just talked over it because I didn't know what they were saying. I, I thought that was just mumbling because maybe, you know, I'm from Denmark, so I didn't understand. That was maybe a word I didn't understand, but now it's actually because it has something to it, a hoosier. Well, now that Christian Lungard has won his first career NTT IndyCar Series victory, and trust me, it'll be the first of many, I guess we can now call him the Great Dane. Yeah, I, actually, uh, three days ago, I was like, when we got back home to uh, Indianapolis, I was like, I think we should change the name, Christian, to Christian the Great Dane Lundgaard. Uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, let's just be, let, let's keep it Christian Lundgaard. But I was like, yeah, that's, uh, it's amazing. Danish history, out of the blue. It certainly was Danish history. Victor Peterson, Christian Lundgaard's best friend from Denmark, Congratulations on finally getting the shave off the mustache for Christian's victory at uh, Toronto. Good luck the rest of the season, and thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-Vee. Thank you, and thank you for having me. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy presented by Hy-Vee. We want to thank our guest, Colton Hearn of Andretti Autosport, 
High V IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway. Doubleheader winner and winner of this year's Indianapolis 500, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske, and Christian Lungard's best friend, Victor Peterson, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy, presented by High V, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy, presented by High V, is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. And for all of your shopping needs, be sure to visit your local High V, where there is a helpful smile in every aisle. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.